Hello, jubilant time travelers. I'm up today at 8 a.m. Why that absurd time in the morning, you ask? This is because I gotta get in sync with my second guest on the Small Room Sesh, Gregory Hyde. Greg's a full-time musician, songwriter, producer, and family man, and in order to do that, you gotta wake up at 8 a.m. One of three gray hairs on my head has vanished because of the extra melatonin production between the hours of 1 and 3 a.m. responsible for hair pigment. Bet you didn't know that. It is no wonder this guy doesn't seem to age, and you know what? It wasn't so bad. I look forward to one day becoming a daywalker, but to be fair, this podcast was at 11 a.m. <laughs> I'm trying to be profesh for the sesh. I'm super excited to introduce my next guest, one of the earliest and most positive examples in my music career, Gregory Hyde. Yeah, man. So tell me, what is new? Uh, well, you know, um, just playing every chance I get, trying to write some more stuff. Uh, I've got a new project that's been in the works for over a year now, and uh, really, really eager to see that come to fruition. <laughs> what does it take to get it to come to fruition? Uh, really, it's just, you know, finding the time. Um, you know, as you know, we're, we're always looking for the next opportunity to play and and so it's uh you know it's a lot of work going into drumming up those things and making those connections and and then uh the time that goes into making those shows happen especially when you know it's a full band show um but then uh, i also have a a project recording studio in my basement and so i've been doing a lot more work for other people's projects which is fun and rewarding and really cool but tell me about that what uh yeah sure i um Let's see, I guess it was a, a few years back, I did a project out in LA um, with a guy named Brian Schubel, and he's engineered projects for uh, everybody from John Mayer to Marilyn Manson and <laughs> to the Eagles and everybody in between. Wow. And uh, just kind of got the, the whole engineering bug at that point. And uh, so when I came back from LA, I bought some equipment and started listening to every podcast I could and just dove into it and really loved the process and so um, thought I'd build out a studio so I could do my own recording and then eventually I had some people who knew that I had it who'd say like hey can you record a project for us or can you do our demo and so that's just kind of turned okay, into Okay, so a, when you say you have yeah. other studio work, you mean you're actually recording them? You're not, like, going to be a session player or something? Right, okay. right, right. I have done that in the past, but uh, not not as much lately. Mostly now, I'm, I'm you know, people are reaching out to me to, like, mix their projects or uh, something of that nature. Yeah, so. well, there's something to it, man. I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could take a pretty low-quality thing, and if you know how to use, like, Logic now or Pro Tools, like, yeah. you can... You can throw on some plugins, you can EQ that puppy, and all of a sudden they'll be like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously, the tools are getting cheaper and, you know, easier access to them all the time. And and the education's so much simpler. You know, you can go online and find 70 different guys on YouTube telling you how to get your drums to <laughs> you know, sound like XYZ records. So, um, yeah, there's there's not a, not as much to it as there used to be. Nice. Well, for anybody who doesn't know, which probably nobody knows, Greg Hyde is the first individual I met who was playing music for a living at the time. I was uh, I started playing guitar when I was 18, senior in high school, and uh, didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur somehow. So I went to COD, and while I was at COD, I took a career development class. 
into which the project was you have to talk to somebody in the field that you want to go into. Mm-hmm. And so I was working at a sandwich shop, Popoli's at the time, and I saw this guy Greg Hyde coming in uh, to play the, the 12 to 2 slot. And uh, I'm just like, dude, tell me about yourself. Like, you're freaking awesome. You know, <laughs> he's just belting out. I, at the time, was all up in the microphone. Now, now like, I, I you wouldn't even try to use a microphone there because it's you'd right, be way right. too loud. But at the time, I was like, oh, you know, saying into the mic, you know, all, all cute and soft. But, uh, yeah, I was really impressed by Greg, so I hit him up. I'm like, dude, can I interview you? And uh, I still remember that phone call. I, I remember where I was standing <laughs> in my house when I got that call. Um, but, yeah, that was that was so cool. And you, you were always just such a great guy to hang out with back then. Um, and there were a couple guys like you and, and Pete as well. Um, who were musicians? He was previous and, guest. Yeah, he was check on the, it out. the previous episode. Great, yeah. great, great uh, use of your time there. Go back and check that one out. Um, but yeah, you you guys were were really cool, and and Pete was always great about how he'd kind of in a friendly way give me a you know like a disapproving look when I would forget a lyric to a Bob Dylan song <laughs> or something. But uh, but I was I was really honored that. That, that you called and, and were asking about that. And, and I could tell you just, you had the passion and, and the, the drive to, to do this. And so it's, it's been really uh, just inspiring and rewarding to, to see your name around town when I'm playing someplace and up on the board of like the musicians who are coming and playing next week. It's like, ah, there's Brent. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. dude, it's, it's definitely crazy too. Like looking back, honestly, the, the weird thing about pursuing a a dream or a passion or a career or whatever that you really want to do or that you love is that it seems impossible at first Mm -hmm. and you know I talk to a guy like Greg and he's like yeah I just do this and then I did this and I'm like you know that all sounds good and dandy but like it's impossible for me to get anything right now like I don't know what I'm doing wrong like you know this that and the (laughs) other thing is it because I'm too young is it this and that and Mm -hmm. and it's really you just got to go after it and eventually it just becomes easy. And now some, you know, I know a bunch of folks who are exactly in my position yeah. and uh, they were just like me and they just wish that I could just give them a bunch of shows or whatever. And, uh, and it's like, really, man, you're going to get rejected and turned down like a billion oh, times yes. until you get your first thing. Oh, yes. and it might not do anything, <laughs> but it'll give you taste. And that taste is all you need yeah. to go forward and, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, just like you mentioned of, you know, you singing a certain way earlier on. I mean, you were developing your style as as, as you went. And so sometimes something like that happens. It, it's just an organic progression that's in yourself. You don't even intend for it to happen, but you you kind of change something and it just clicks with people um, as well as making those connections. Um, I've told people a lot that, you know, I, I wasn't from the area up here. I was from Oklahoma, and so I really felt like I was starting at zero when I moved up here. Um, uh, is that what you're, you, you have an album called Southern Highway Love Songs? Is that yeah. what that's about? Uh, that that really is a lot of the influence from, from my time down in Oklahoma and um, just that way of life as well as, uh, you know, some of the songs are inspired by my grandfather who was a trucker, and so, yeah, that that was a big part of that. Um, but you know, as far, as far as, you know, getting, getting shows and getting started in this, I mean, I can look back to one particular gig that I played and there was a a lady who was at the bar that night and she came up and asked if I would play like her husband's 40th birthday party. And from that, uh, like, I don't know, there's, 
maybe a hundred shows that, that just spawned that came, from that. Yeah, that I can trace back to this person knew that person who saw me here, who saw me at that place, who knew that person, and it all traced back to that one gig, you know? So you never know. Yeah, and, and when you're starting, I remember the first time I heard, like, I, I just, there's another guy in the area uh, named John Schmidt, Johnny Schmidt. Johnny yeah, Dale, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Don't. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I, I was like, oh, what'd you, you know, what'd you get on this gig? And he's like, one, oh, like 150. And I'm like, what? I like mm-hmm. freaking out at the time because I was working for $8 an hour and just <laughs> right, like hating right. it. I'm like, dude, I got to yeah. get on that. And nowadays I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, I could probably use, you know. Yeah. So you got to, it, it's, it's all perspective too. Totally. And, and that was that's that's what I got from you. I gained some perspective like, hey, it's possible. You know, mm-hmm. you may think like, oh, I know like a ton of people that do this and it's fine. But at, at the time, I'm like, I needed one example, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dude, very, very grateful about that. Yeah. At the time, I, I really didn't know many people who were doing it full time who weren't, um, you know, signed to a major label or something. And in fact, when I went out to L.A. And, and was recording out there, I was surprised at how many people were surprised that I was doing that. Um, there were people who were... They couldn't believe it? They just don't no, see yeah, it around there? Right. They were, they were you know, I, I guess especially in L.A., they're, they're kind of used to a different model. And so they would get signed to a major label and go on tour and, you know, spend all the label advance money and then the tour's over and then they're kind of broke. And, uh. and so one of my friends that, that I met out there, he was... He was just in awe of it. His band had been on The Tonight Show, and they were on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and you know they're playing these big tours, and yet he said when the tour was over, he had to go back and ask for his job back at Guitar Center. Because, oh, my God. Yeah. That's so I mean, crazy. So, I, and there's something yeah. to experiences, though, as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. One of my favorite songwriters alive, his name is uh, Josh Tillman, mm-hmm. Father John Misty. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's just it's you know we played drums with the Fleet Foxes, mm-hmm. which it's always good to play. Do you play drums? I feel like you. I do play drums. Yeah, I, I, I love play drums. I <laughs> I, like I do as people. well. I think there's a good connection of songwriters who play drums. It's like, yeah. oh, I can actually move this thing forward because I I can, you know, totally. lay I, down a beat. Yeah, I think it informs your ability to to structure things very well. Um, I like to tell people that my job is playing guitar and singing and my hobby is drumming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'm I started on drums. drums. Really? That's yeah. what you started on? Right yeah. on, dude. Probably in like, dude, I was I was in percussion through middle school and high school, but I didn't try. It was kind of like a, a my way of not taking foreign language. <laughs> and so I couldn't really read music. I failed all the tests, but I just mm. participated the heck out of it. Right. And got, you know, the, the bow tie and the little vest that you wear and do the little shows. That's for cool. The, for the well, I noticed the drum set in here. And so yeah. are, oh. the, are the towels on the cymbals uh, for oh. sonic reasons? Well, or? they're actually Indian scarves. Please. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I yeah, stand corrected. They, they, uh, they look pretty, but also, uh, like, if you don't have them on and you mm-hmm. sing, Sometimes symbols can pick up ring, right? And since we because are overtones. in a small room, mm-hmm. and so yeah, they're just for, the small room sesh. They're for overtones, and they look sweet. Cool, man. Yeah, right on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, tell me, uh, did did you write all the songs for your next album yet? Or um, I've written, let's see, six of the seven. I guess I should say, 
it's it's a series of EPs that I've been doing. Um, I've and been what does Bellevue mean? Uh, Bellevue is actually a mental institution in New York. It's a uh, it's a famous uh, mental institution and. This project started off as an album, but then there's that whole: should I do singles? Should I do an album? You know, how should I approach this thing? Because I felt like I had enough songs for a double album. And as an independent artist in this day and time, I think a double album is just ridiculous. <laughs> so. Dude, that's like this sounds stupid, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the the first album I put out. Oh no no no! I put out two albums, but I took those two offline because they were really amateur. The first one that I really like started to get comfortable with recording myself on. Mm-hmm. I put out twenty four tracks on it, and it's Dude. sold way more than anything else I've put out since then. So Man. I I think there's something to to just like doing it, and not caring about the status quo too wise words yeah, yeah but maybe. at the same time i look at it now i'm like yeah forget that like that'll ne- <laughs> that'll never work again i don't understand how that right. but you know now i'm now i'm the person who would have told me back then don't do that right right so yeah so so the way i the way i tried to answer that this time around was i uh i decided to do a series of eps and so i released the bellevue sessions volume one and that came out last year in june and uh, it's it's done done pretty well, and then now I'm moving on to doing Bellevue Sessions Volume Two, which which already had you know quite a few of the songs uh, written before I even started it. But uh, at this point, it's just getting it recorded and then released. So yeah. yeah, and and do you think that that's just like a time thing, or do you do you feel like you have to save your voice sometimes too? Like oh, I I can't record today because like. I'm not going to be able to sing this next string of shows. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You you really have to pace it. Um this is not typical for me, but last week, last weekend, I played a gig Thursday night at a restaurant. I played Friday night at a bar. And so that was cumulative, you know, like 6 hours there, and then Saturday night I played for a, a private house concert and they just kept asking me to keep playing and keep playing. And so I played for 8 hours there and then on Sunday. Oh my God! I, you played eight yes. hour show. <laughs> yeah. There Dude, were some breaks in there. I've okay. But, I've <clears> never. There were some intermissions, but then six hours the very next day on Sunday. And like I said, not typical for me. Not typical. But I was amazed that my voice was still working after that. Um, but then the last thing I wanted to do on Monday was track vocals. That, <laughs> so. that leads me to my next question: How yeah. do you take care of yourself? What if if you could tell somebody like mm-hmm. one of your secret weapons? Okay, well, the main thing is to stay hydrated, and you're probably going to hear that from a lot of people who talk about vocal health. Check. Yeah, so lots and lots of water because your your vocal cords are mostly water, so keep them hydrated. I know there's some magic in there, Greg. What oh, do you yeah. do? Um, well, one of the things, I actually, I actually destroyed my voice completely at one point and had to see a therapist at North uh, Northwestern Hospital in Chicago. Nodes? And, uh, it wasn't nodes. It was... Excuse me. <clears throat> Talking about vocal health, and I'm having to clear my voice. <laughs> I'll here. get. I'll get you but, some water. <clears throat> no, no, we're good. We're good. Right. So, um, it was. Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh, they showed me. A, you know, they they stuck the thing down my throat and showed me where. Like, look, all these things that are you know joining your vocal cords together. Those aren't supposed to be there. Um, and right. And the main thing that uh, that she had me do was actually change the way that I talk. So, 
I used to always, you know, talk down here and you know, sounds more manly. You was, know? was that <laughs> but, why? Um, is because you wanted it? No, um, it's okay. Right. Be real. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it's it. Uh, that was that was part of the thing. Was it just you know I liked the way it sounded. You know, having a deeper voice and 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 all that. And that was just kind of naturally how I how I talked. I just naturally went there and I liked that. And so then she would have me start talking like this, where I'm talking more, you know, yeah. up, out of my nasal cavity, as it were, which inside my head, you know, sounds like I'm talking like this all the time. <laughs> so I really don't enjoy doing it, but I, I couldn't help but uh, admit that it got easier to sing after that. And I had a lot more longevity out of my voice, so I could I could sing a really difficult weekend and, and things would be okay. Um not that that's always the case. I went on vacation. A buddy of mine has a cabin up in Wisconsin, and so my wife and I went up there for a little vacation this last month, and I took all my recording equipment, you know, pulled everything out of my studio, and, you know, went up there. I was, like, really going to do it up. Didn't just take my laptop, but, like, You're took the whole thing. Bon, bon Iver it. Oh, yeah. Bon Iver, yeah. if anybody yeah. knows this story. <laughs> right. That's what he did. I had a whole week, and, and I got up there and had some allergic reaction to something, <laughs> and so I just had the, you know, frog oh. voice the whole time, and... So I wasn't able to record anything, but oh well. Oh dang! It was well, nice going out on the lake. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I tell you what. Anytime you're like really looking forward to something, mm-hmm. that is when you are gonna get sick. It's like <laughs> f you, Murphy. Murphy, wherever you're at, I'm I'm gonna get you one day. Seriously, man. And not 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 Murph. I got a friend named Murph. He's actually really cool. <laughs> well, Murphy. Whoever's going down. behind the law, dear lord. Right. But um. Yeah, man. Yeah, I actually got my voice destroyed, too. I did a five-month cruise ship. Oh, I remember when you did that. And I couldn't talk for, like, a month and a half. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, It wasn't even uh, – it was, like, just chronic inflammation because they, they gave me steroids and antibiotics for the two times I had laryngitis on board because they just sang four and a half to five hours every day, one day off every eight days. I wow. wasn't even that well – I wasn't trained. I was never in choirs. Like, right. I didn't know – how to deal with it and uh the third time i got it dude i just wouldn't heal and i played guitar on board for like two weeks and i wasn't even a good guitar player i just sat there solo and just played guitar like bought some backtracks and just sitting there being a goofball just like jamming to some stupid backtracks i bought (laughs) and so it made me pretty good at guitar but then i got back got the endoscopy and and but it took like a month to book the appointment with the specialist right and uh and he's like, honestly, man, uh, you are inflamed and stuff, and like, it that is definitely true. But you need to start singing again to like rebuild strength, because like essentially it's just it was just, I guess, chronic inflammation or something wow. going on. But now I take a lot of turmeric and ginger and mm-hmm. drink smoothies, blueberries, eat avocados, you know, <laughs> yeah. hydration. Yeah, there's a there's a throat coat tea that's yeah. traditional medicinal. He told and... me not to do that though really? because he said wow. honey and and that thing it's coating your throat it's making it harder for you to like swallow and and that was part huh. of the thing too was like just strength there. Yeah, coating it adds an extra layer of stuff to move around and. Uh, hmm. That's fascinating. He's like, yeah, drink hot liquids and stuff, but yeah, don't uh, don't coat it because that's it was just it for some reason just inflamed and just like. Hmm. Dude, it was weird. That wow. was probably one of the biggest perspective shifters in my life because I went from like this, 
uh, well overworked musician, but still rather adorned by everybody who was coming through. I felt good <laughs> right. about it. Let's just say. Yeah. And right, I coming right. back to just I've released my album called Silent Minds University then, mm-hmm. because I was I wrote the whole album while I was like not talking. Yeah. Wow. And so I'd just like pick out melodies and then write the words to the picked out stuff, trying to like remember it or, or give it like a half, you know, half ass, yeah. just like melodic line. To... You were still doing a lot of like, uh, you know, live videos and, and stuff at that time as well, right? No, uh, I I did one like a instrumental video. I released one video mm-hmm. when I thought I was getting better. And then like another three weeks went by, just like, don't worry, guys, I'm going to be OK back <laughs> in soon. Yeah. Just so depressed about it. Oh, <laughs> but, man. But, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I'm through that. But that's why now anytime that I'm worried about my voice, I take it very seriously. Yeah. Like, folks don't understand that aren't singers. Like, Right. Especially when it's, you know, when, when it's your livelihood, you you really have to be very serious about protecting it. And I, I know some people kind of think of me as a, a jerk because you get those people who will come up and like, hey, can I play your guitar? Like, no, you can't. Yeah. And and I you know, I used to really try and like be passive about it, but I have to be very direct these days. Oh well, you know, dude, it's it's cool. I could, you know, dude, I'm, I'm gonna go do it. Hate it. Yeah. Even if you have like somebody good come up, they're like, you know, we're paying you. And it's like it's tough. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I've yeah. I've ha- I've done it like a couple times, and sometimes there's a venue where the person does play there, and it's cool. Like if yeah. you were to come to one of my shows, mm-hmm. if you for, were feeling saucy and wanted to play my break, I would let you. But like <laughs> right. I've had so many times where people want to come mm-hmm. up and sing with me or do this, and then just really just begging for it. And I'm just like, yeah. I can't, man, I I'm this is my job. You right. know, the bartender's not gonna let you pour drinks back there. I understand. There's there's a lot <laughs> right. of there's a lot of ego that's involved in music yeah, and stuff. And, and that kind of thing, like like another a fellow musician who's really out there doing it. I mean, that's a very different thing. I've had Jake Mack sit in with me um, at times when he'll you know come out to a show, and I'm you know it's just great to to have that camaraderie. I'm talking more about the you know. Yeah. Hey, my buddy over here, he's a great guitar player. Can you let him come up and play Freebird? <laughs> it's like, no, you can't touch my guitar. I mean, this is this is the way I, you know, feed my family and everything. And if this guitar goes down, not to mention this guitar is like a member of my family. It's, yeah. it's like oh yeah. It's like a child going into surgery when somebody else picks this guitar up. Um you know, it, I just I try and avoid that at, at all costs because you just never know what's gonna happen. I've I've seen too many times where you know, some patron who's had a few drinks too oh, many yeah. winds up dropping a guitar, falling over on a guitar, and you know, oh, that's all yeah. she wrote. So, gotta you be you gotta keep about that one thing. eye on it at all times. You're going around yeah. talking to people in, in the crowd or the restaurant or wherever you're at. You know, yeah, you're that's... just like always looking back. Yeah, it'd be anybody. That said, I I did play one show. Jake Mack was actually there. We played uh, at the House Pub, and this is probably probably about a year ago and we played there and a guy I have no I don't remember his name but he he just didn't ask or anything he just jumps up on the stage with a bass guitar and so I'm thinking okay well I guess this guy's gonna lay down some bass and we're you know we're, we're not playing rocket science songs you yeah. know it's it's not like early rush or anything GDZ. It's, it's, right yeah <laughs> and so I'm thinking he'll he'll just jump in he'll he'll throw down some some sweet grooves and you know it'll be it'll be great you know because uh, he pulled out a bass that's actually like a really, really nice uh, bass. It's a modulus, which, you know, those aren't cheap. So yeah. I thought, well, this guy's really got to be a player. 
Well, it, it was the other end of that spectrum, and so everything was just the like just just you know bass solo over everything. But he never went down from like four frets by his pickups, you know, just over basing it. Yeah, and so eventually I had to like, dude, can you just go sit down because you're kind of killing the vibe up here. He's like, hey, on this next one, you know, when when I go up for solo, say featuring and then say my name. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. Go sit down. <laughs> oh, man, dude, I, I've yeah. uh, I've been like at like a private party or something mm-hmm. somewhere where you're like, you should just do it because it's going to look good if you do it. If you're going to let this person right, play with right. you, not play your guitar, but play right. with you, like oh, yeah. whether it's like a you got a drum with them or something. Yeah, just, I'm happy to do once that. in a while. Fine. I'll just be like. And just like see if they still stay with it, you know, or you just, you know you're on time, right? And and you just you just test them to see, and like sometimes if they're getting really like off, you just start really just challenging them the whole song, and then mm-hmm. they eventually just yeah. Drummers are there's rough. Ways. Most, there's ways most most of the time, unless they're unless they're a really serious drummer, it's just gonna sound like somebody's throwing a pair of shoes in the dryer behind you. Right? Yeah. You don't want that, but uh, uh, harmonica players too. Harmonica players out there. Um, it's a it's a deceivingly tricky instrument. Yeah, and harmonicas come in keys, guys. So <laughs> you can't just walk up and sit down with a band if you don't know what key your harmonica is. I've I've had uh, I've had that happen before, where some guy walks up and it's like, Hey, yeah, can I sit in? I play harmonica. I'm like, yeah, what key is that in? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well then no, you can't. Yeah. If it's like C sharp minor and we're yeah. trying to play just about anything in the world, that's not going to yeah, work. It's, it's doable, but yeah. mm, you know, yeah. leave it to Stevie, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stevie knows what he's, what he's doing. Or if oh, somebody walks okay. up with one of those vests so like John Popper I, and they've got, I want to yeah. stop talking about all these skeezers, <laughs> right on. these skeezer right on. players at shows. Yeah. And, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your record, Hello, um, God, This is Gregory Hyde. Yeah. Because um, uh, I I actually did a little research, and I didn't do too much because, you know, I, I feel like I'd Gotta rather just hear what's on your brain. Yeah, man. But uh, I I read through one of your, your blogs, so you do do blogs, mm-hmm. and it's on uh, is, is GregoryHyde.com? Yes. Yes, yeah. GregoryHyde.com. All right, everybody, go check that out. Um, I'll have that also in the link description. And Greg's going to be playing a song coming up here, so make sure you check out youtube.com slash brentbrown808 so you can see the video of Greg playing in all of his glory. Also, I may throw a little bit of you know reverb on there and make it nice and pretty <laughs> for that. So, cool. uh, so there's a little takeaway there, but mm-hmm. make sure to check that out. Brentbrown808 is the forward slash you know at YouTube. You can just type in Brent Brown, you'll find it. Um, but anyways, Matt Talbot is like one of your idols. Did I say it right? Talbot, yes. Talbot. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, you said you were really inspired by his sort of space rock. Would you say that yeah. you're going for space rock now with your new stuff? Or, or how would you define what you're going into? I hate this question as well, but I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to make it as pretty a phrase as right. I can. Yeah, no, well done. Well done, sir. Um, yeah, his, his band Hum... Uh, was from the Champagne era uh, area. Um, they had some decent success with like the '90s grunge thing, 
and uh, but they really were like the the start off of of you know quote unquote space rock. And so there was them. There was Failure. Um, they were like the two bands that really led that charge. There were some some others involved, and there are bands now like Muse that really take a lot of um, uh, influence from from groups like that. I don't really think that that has translated into my own music as much. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't because I, I I wasn't yeah. hearing so much dren like I'm thinking space rock is drenched right know? yeah um yeah. but so you did go to him re- and record with him right I did I did I did um one full EP with him uh with with another technically it was another band but it was still just me it was back before I was I was not comfortable going by my own name <laughs> so I thought there's like Foo Fighters is Dave Grohl and whoever else and Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor and I, whoever else I almost went and, that route yeah until I realized just how hard it is like getting anything done if you're not just taking charge nowadays because yeah. like there's so much technology and opportunity out there that like if you want to do something you really can do it Mm-hmm. And you just gotta own that, man. Yeah, you know. Well, I was surprised at how much resistance I saw because uh, there were a lot of people who were like, "So is this you? Is this a band? What is it?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, it's me, but it's a band." And I just get people, and they're like, "Yeah, well, we don't really want to mess with that. So let us know when you're gonna be a solo artist, and then we'll work with you." And it's like I don't know why that matters to anybody, but apparently it did. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yeah. just the simplest, mm-hmm. you know, delivery is the easiest. You yeah. know, pretty much people come to me now and they'll just be like, "We want you solo, or we want your band." Okay, right, cool. Yeah. So we, uh, I, I, I used him for that for that project. It was a band that the band name was called Skyblind, and so I did an EP with him for that, and then I went back to him to do the drums and some other elements on the hello god this is gregory hyde album now now are you rolling with a band still i think i saw you at the yep. roundhouse you're playing over there yep. Two yep. Brothers rolling. yeah we've had a pretty consistent lineup uh as well for a little while uh isaac flex uh is my drummer him. uh great great drummer super good guy um all these guys are just awesome i think i know um I don't know. yeah he he plays around quite a bit he was in a band called few as well Does he, he played play bass, bass for them yeah oh, okay yeah, that, yeah played I do bass know for him. ethan bell yeah and so mm-hmm. yeah he's good dude great musician um and uh then there's just kind of been like musical chairs for the <laughs> the other positions but uh a guy named but Dal- it's, it's gregory high yeah but it's the gregory high it, band i you guess know, is what we're going by uh, yeah i saw sturgill simpson do it you know mm-hmm. i saw uh man, man i guess jack johnson was one of my earliest influences yeah just because i felt like it wasn't like me saying i'm as good as jack johnson but he was like he was like kind of like I felt like I could do it, mm-hmm. you know, when I heard him play, and I loved his music so much. It, like, gave me, like, a belief, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and then later it was like, okay, Jimi Hendrix, The Beatles, Bob Marley, those were, like, my, like, epitome of of, uh, of rocking out and really really yeah. doing it. But, I, you know, I'm not even sure. I like Jack Johnson's lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Like, not getting in all the tabloids still probably doing just fine in Hawaii. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I've I've read interviews with him as well. And it's like, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. I'd like that. Definitely. Um, so yeah. um where where are you guys playing next as a band? Um let's see. We're playing uh Hinkley Fest, which oddly enough is not in Hinkley. <laughs> it's it's in Park Ridge. Uh that's coming up August thirteenth. Um, it's an outdoor festival. The reason that's Hinkley Fest, I found out, is because it's in Hinkley Park, 
in Park Ridge. Mm. Um, so we'll be playing there on August 13th, and then August 27th, we're going to be back at uh, Two Brothers in Aurora, uh, Two Brothers Roundhouse. Sweet. And, and do you have to play like a lot of covers there, or is, are they... Um, we usually do like the most we'll play is like half and half. And That's cool. Yeah. That's cool though. Uh, because fortunately the first time that we played there, they, they told us we want more covers and, and we're like, well, you know, we really think we're going to be having a good amount of our fans who are going to come out. And mm-hmm. that turned out to be the case. And, and so, um, I took a little bit of a risk because we were, you know, talking to a dark room. Because <laughs> when you got all those lights in your face, you can't really see everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. But, I've, played you know, there, I've played there before. Yeah, and it's it's right. Like, uh, kind of called everybody out, and and we were able to show that you know the most most of the room was was there to see us, and so uh, in fact that was the one uh, thing that got said afterwards to us quite a bit was you guys needed to play more of your own stuff, and so this last time that we played, it was, it was more originals than covers. And, and it seemed to go over really well. Um, we, uh, we had a really full house and, uh, it was a fun night. So planning on doing that again next time around. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, it's been, it's been freaking great just ranting with you, but I want to hear, uh, I want to hear a song that you picked for us today and what's it called and why did you pick it? Okay, so this song is called Karma Payments, and it is on the Bellevue Sessions Volume 1 EP, and I picked it because it seems to be the one that people are responding to the most, and it's also the one that I felt kicked off the the theme and vibe for the Bellevue Sessions. It's a concept EP series that's kind of dealing with mental illness and issues like that, um, so long story behind all that, but this is Karma Payments. All right, you're all good. All right. Let me tell you about yesterday so you can understand the day. I started skipping my medication just to break the monotony. Clarity can be so cruel, but honestly, baby, I'm spinning. I was getting so dizzy just watching the world revolve around me. Let go of all you ever wanted. Come on and love me like you need it tonight. Of a destiny. Let go, dance into the free fall. Here we go, light them up and we all shine on just for an instant. Baby, I'm making all your karma payments. Let me tell you about tomorrow so you can understand my brain. My mind feels up for adoption and invented time traveling. My life's getting better vicariously through reality TV. But baby, I'm getting just a breath away from heaven here, waiting for you to come and save me. Let go all you ever wanted. Come on and love me like you needed. Tonight, we deserve a destiny. Go, dance into the free fall. Here we go, light 
for an instant Baby, I'm making all your karma payments Clarity can be so Everybody, check out uh, where where can we find your original music? Uh, you can find it at gregoryhyde.com. Uh, that's where all the downloads and CDs and CDs that are sold out, you can still get uh, digital copies there, uh, as well as iTunes and Pandora and the usual spots. Totally. And do you uh, do you find uh, do you like the way Spotify works or anything or like <sighs> I feel like it's pretty I feel like it's a pretty wild west right now with that stuff man yeah it really is um you know it's unfortunate that, that you just uh, probably prefer like iTunes or something totally yeah if you go to Gregory Hyde if you're concerned about me getting the biggest yeah, cut support that I Greg, get, everybody please <laughs> yeah, you can go to gregoryhyde.com and then you know that way you can pay with with a credit card or PayPal or whatever is easiest to you and still get your songs, and you will get them at a higher bit rate than you would get at iTunes. So if you're into audio quality, uh, that's cool. And in fact, if you want uh, lossless files, if you just like to get uh, you know like a WAV file, just shoot me an email, and uh, I'll make sure that that happens. Cool, man. Well, yeah. uh, dude, it's been such a pleasure having you out. Is there Thanks, is there bro. anything you want to ask me? Um, why are you so awesome? Oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just put a little bit of crack in my tea every morning. Just a little bit. You know, everybody downs crack so much. But if you have, it's called microdosing crack. I see. And I if see. you microdose. No, just, just look at Brent. I mean, Brent's doing pretty well. I mean, he's a handsome man. He's in the prime of his life. He's doing what he loves to do. He may be onto something. Oh so. gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, so when you know when can we expect your uh, your next EP to be out? Oh, I wish I knew. Um, as of right now, uh, my my last prediction was going to be June, and yet we're we're already halfway through June. So, uh, I think a real realistic expectation would probably be August. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going right. to be that guy right. that's like, hey, Greg. Well, yeah, hopefully Where's our your, hopefully uh, our uh, our two brothers show there in August. Hopefully that'll be a CD release show. We'll see how that yeah, goes. That was that was what I did with my last one, and it ended up being like 
eight months later. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, do you, do you ever, have you ever tried crowdfunding ever before? I know a lot of people are getting into that. Bird. Right. Um, but you have your own studio. You're going to do it through there? Right. Pretty much everything that I do, I do through that now. Mix it so. yourself, master it yourself? Yeah, that's that's what I did with uh, Bellevue Volume 1. And uh, and it seemed to work out pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with the overall project yeah the, the downside of that is i'm always learning and so i'm always wanting to go back and remix everything that i just did <laughs> yeah but, I, uh, there, I think there's something too like uh it doesn't it doesn't really matter to to fans of your music about that as much they're more concerned with like the words and the passion you put into exactly. it you know yeah does and, the song translate uh totally. you know there's always totally. going to be all the other recording artists who are like oh you know but you could have done this or you could have done this but i found that like some of my worst recordings are doing the best like as far as digital sales go right well and like you mentioned the success of that uh double album that you had um, my first project that I ever did, I did at Potbelly just because they were taking away tip jars. And they were like, you can't have a tip jar, but you can sell merch. Mm. And if, you ha- if you're selling merch, you can put a little jar out, which was essentially a tip jar. Yeah. And so I thought, all right, I need a project, you know, like right away. And so I had a crummy little eight-track digital recorder in my bedroom. And so over, you know, just a couple of days, I just knocked out, you know, 10 songs. I put it on the CD. I threw it out there, and I thought it sounded like garbage. I had no audio training whatsoever when I did that, and I really was not happy with it. I was just happy that I could still get tips, and yet uh, that that album outsold everything else I've ever done. Dude, <laughs> so, it's just the yeah. way it is, man. Strange, There's man. something about just <laughs> – you know what I think it is, man? I think the, the more people you run through, like the more filters you got, but even mm-hmm. – if you count yourself, the more time you spend on something, you're your own filter too, and you filter yeah. out there's some sort of magic in the moment. You know, yeah. I think that's why a lot of older albums are selling so well, still better than probably anything else that's selling today is because yeah, they true. got a lot of live takes in there and everything. You know, yeah, and they they weren't caught up on what mic are we using and are yeah. we using an, a Neve or is it you know they were just like all right get. Yeah, I'm trying to get, get these away great from, players in the room and make it happen. Trying to get away from it a little bit. Yeah. Um, working on my next album. I'm not going to announce what it's called publicly yet, but I have okay. already written it. Ooh. So. Well, I'm intrigued. Yes, yes. <laughs> to um, to be announced further, but I guess one other thing I sh- I should uh, pitch because um, I'm thinking some of the people who listen to this might be interested. Um, mm-hmm. I just found out recently I'm going to be speaking at the CD Baby DIY Musician Conference. No way. Yep, in Chicago in October. So I'm going to be speaking. What are the on, dates? Or uh, what date will you be? Uh, actually, they haven't let me know what date I'm speaking on, but the dates are September, I believe, 29th, 30th, and August for or October 1st. Um, okay. So the end of September into the first of October, um, it's at the Congress Hotel in Chicago, and uh, I'll be speaking on making music your full time job. So, no way, yeah. dude! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, like I'm the, excited about That's it. like the TED Talks for for right, us independent right. artists. That is a big deal. Yeah. Well, di- I I'm I'm gonna have to try to take off for, for when you know the for sure date. I will let you know. For um, sure. And then, is there anything else you'd uh, you'd like to tell the world? Any any uh, sentiments? Any any wishes? Please. Um, you know, be good to each other out there. Um, it's an election year. Don't go crazy. This happens all the time. It's crazier than it's ever been before. But still, be cool to people. All right. Keep your head. Peace, love, and music, everybody. <laughs> oh, Take yes. care. Oh yes.